0: Hello everyone, this is Coffee Chug. Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Coffee Chug and I'm really excited to bring back the podcast for 2018. I've been working on developing a whole slew of new interviews and ideas and, and just different ways in which to make the, the podcast more interactive and immersive for all of us. And so one of the things that, that I've done, if you go to coffeeforthebrain.com backslash podcast, I have added a SpeakPipe option. And what SpeakPipe allows you to do is to leave a voice message. And so in these future episodes, what I'm hoping is that you will come and leave a message um, with questions that you have around STEM and Makerspace or just... It could be education and things in general, and and what I would like to do is then build those questions out in the future podcast where we dive into that. So maybe there's a previous project that you've seen or something that I've posted, and you want more information about, it or or you just have an idea of something that you're working with, and collectively through, through, the, through our PLN here, this, this learning network that we've developed over time, we can help one another, and we can go through and provide answers and resources and things like that um, where everybody wins. And so I hope that you take a chance to go to coffeeforthebrain.com backslash podcast. Go on there, leave me a voice message, throw me some questions my way so we can start to... Uh, infuse those into the future episodes. But until then, I'd like to kick off this episode with a dear friend of mine, um, an amazing educator, um, and someone who is really, really pushing the boundaries of what can be done in the classroom when we start to think about computer science and STEM education. This is none other than my good friend and educator, Doug Bergman. So you're going to love this episode. Doug has so much energy, passion for what he does, and things that he's doing with kids that you're going to walk away with a couple really golden nuggets and a couple aha moments and maybe even a few things where you're going, oh my gosh, I should start doing this as well. So enjoy the episode. Jump over to confidentbrain.com backslash podcast. Leave me a voice message or you can type in a message as well. And I look forward to answering those questions in future episodes. All right, everybody, let's jump to the show. Stay awesome. Podcast, and I am here with another person who I am so excited to call a friend, a mentor, and, and a colleague. And we are many miles apart. Actually, I was just actually before you get to introduce yourself here, Doug, I was just in your state. I should have mentioned that maybe off the air. I was just at in, um, in, hello. In, in uh, Myrtle, I was in Myrtle Beach for a family vacation, yeah. getting away from it all. So uh, it's a couple hours up the thing. Yeah, good, good, yeah,
1: city, mate. Yeah, some fun stuff happened. <laughs>
0: But in this episode, I've got someone who, who I highly value his insights, and not just his ideas, but also the work that he's doing um, in the realm of STEM education. And that's what this podcast is about, taking a look at not just 212 STEAM Labs and the work that we're trying to do with this nonprofit, but but the bigger piece of the learning that we're doing with kids connecting it to the, much I hate to say it, the real world and the business world and, and showing everyone that this is all one cohesive piece. And so, um, Doug, before we get into to the, the big questions, why don't we start off, for those that don't know who you are, um, tell everybody who you are and a little bit about what you do.
1: Sure, yes. Yeah. So uh, so I'm, I'm a Doug Bergman, head of the computer science department at a private school in Charleston, South Carolina called Porter Goud School. i uh, been there for about 15 years, um, been in education for about 20 years, dabbled a little bit of industry in the middle of that. Um, I have a CS background from college, uh, master's in education administration, and I'm currently getting another master's at Georgia Tech on their new online program uh, about halfway through that right now, just in computer science. And so uh, I guess I've always been a, a project-based teacher even before, I guess, the words like PBL and that kind of stuff were out there just because it, I didn't know how else to teach. I didn't have any formal training in education. So for me, it was just the way that I would think you would teach this stuff. And so for me, it ended up just working and the kids responded to it. So I learned a lot about how to lead a project-based classroom, which to me is one of those things that I think is very important, especially with you know my, my passion with computer science. And I think especially with computer science where that, that – technology itself is so engaging and it's so fun and the kids love diving into it and interacting with it that I think our classroom when we're dealing with that same technology has to reflect that same spirit and sometimes it doesn't sometimes you know I think we I've heard this said you know school sometimes gets in the way of education a little bit Mm -hmm. and so sometimes we our our rules and policies and regulations and and maybe old methodologies and old uh, pedagogies kind of stumble sometimes get in the way of of just leading kind of cool classes and so uh, I've been working towards that and, and promoting computer science in any avenue, shape, form, or way that I can, just because I know it's one of those things that is needed, has been needed, and um, and with the wave recently of computer science really coming onto the world, uh, I'm so excited to sort of be at the front of that. Our our, our school has been so supportive of technology and computer science and the innovations and even the failures that come along with that innovation um, in order so that we can have that kind of class in there. Our, our classes are, are full of every type of kid under the sun, which I think is uh, very important. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so talk more about that a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, it's not just for the high tech. Uh, high-techy kind of kids. is for everyone in there. And so that's sort of everything I've done at, in, in one way or another has sort of come back to that sort of spirit behind that. And so it helps that I'm with the school that really believes in it. though they don't necessarily always know what it is that I'm doing or, or how or why even, which I'm sure people out there who are innovative have that same struggle, but they've always said, we believe in you and we give you the support and it's been great. And so, uh, you know, I I literally do whatever I can to meet up with educators who sort of think like I do and think out of the box and want to bring those technologies in, in whatever way they can into a classroom. And then I connect with those people, I steal their ideas, and I bring them into my classroom. So that's sort of what I'm all about.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And so maybe like the follow-up question I was listening to you talk, and it's it's, it's a two-pronged question here so you can tackle however you want. Maybe the first thing is um, for those that are listening in and maybe haven't, heard the term computer science and maybe have, have, have read it, but maybe don't really know what it is. I think most yeah. people know STEM cause it's, it's everywhere, yeah. but, um, maybe kind of quick little elevator pitch of, of what computer science sure. is. And then the second piece to that, um, so we're not just defining terms the whole time, but why is it important for schools and, and, and educators to start to think about the need to bring computer science into the school setting in, in a, some capacity?
1: Well, sure. So I, th- I think the I think there's a clear difference between STEM and STEAM, and, and, and the using of technology to do great things was certainly an important part of, of the world today and educational world. Computer science is sort of um, making your own things. So not, instead of using, you're creating, you know, so what you're building or what you're making or what you're designing doesn't exist yet. Now, there may be some other things similar to it out there. But so when you're making an app, a game, you're making you're controlling a sensor inside of a robot or something. But you're doing something that's never been done before, exactly like you're doing it. And so computer science is uh, I mean, to me, it's a bringing together of creativity, your mind, your energy, your passion, your excitement and some technologies of various kinds. That might be software, it might be hardware, it might be some kind of uh, gadget or whatever, and it's bringing those all together to create some type of thing that addresses a problem, introduces a problem, solves a problem, redesigns a solution, simplifies something. Um, so that's sort of what it is. And um, But I don't know that there's any definition, um, and so I think if you ask 10 people who are in computer science, you probably get 10 different right. – um, <laughs> I think there is probably a Webster's definition that was created in 1972, and that may still be in the dictionary, but I don't think that holds true right now. So for me in the way I view computer science, what I just said is as close to defining it as I can get. Sure. Why it's necessary is that… Um, you know, every single discipline, every single industry, its backbone is computer science in some way or another technology is there, whether we want I, mean, I can't imagine a degree. if you're in forestry management, at some point there is some system out there being controlled by a computer, you're using a computer to, to do it, to monitor it, to communicate with it. And so if technology is at the backbone of literally our entire, economy i don't care if you're first world second world or third world in some way or another it's there and so we've got to have people who who don't just look at it and are scared to death of this little box in the corner right. right and so we we've got to have students that can look at the box in the corner the thing on the floor the thing in your hand the thing in the sky wherever that technology exists whether it's something you can touch or whether it's something you just have to imagine you know like the internet you can't really touch it but it's there yeah well, Right. So um, but a phone is right there in your hand. A robot crawling on the floor is there. You can see it and touch it and grab it and feel it. So we need people in all those worlds um, to be able to reach out, grab it, look at it, open it up, see what's inside, fix it, change it. Because you know, five years down the road, when this technology is now outdated, and it doesn't solve the problem like it used to. Because now there's ten other problems. Um, we need people to be able to look at that and say, how can we repurpose this thing? How can we configure it, reprogram it, program it differently, um, make it merge with something else that it wasn't talking to before, but it is now to address sort of those problems that don't exist maybe right now, or at least we haven't been able to address because there wasn't a there wasn't a set of tools available capable of addressing those. So we've got to have students who are able to look at things like that, so I, and that's what computer science is. You know, just literally solving problems and and taking an idea in your head, and if you can, I tell the students in my class, if you can verbalize what your idea is, we can probably make something happen with that. It may not be exactly like we're imagining, and there could be some limitations to it, you know, either financially, or from hardware, or software, or time, or whatever. I said, but we can make something happen and um and and I, and I think as the kids do that as they make their ideas come to fruition on a screen or an object or a device or whatever i love the fact that it doesn't ever turn out they get into it and they see it and they're like oh that oh wow they get 10 other ideas right there yeah, right and, yeah. then, <laughs> and those are the to me those are the ideas you want the first round of ideas are cool but it's that second round the ones that they just get ideas upon ideas and that's where the good stuff happens i think
0: yeah so so gosh so many ideas flowing through my head as you're talking. Uh, the first yeah. one is you're talking about just repurposing and recycling things and yeah. new problems. I think that that's so fascinating. Because I think a lot of times we often think that it has to be something brand new. You know, we had this now it has to be, let's just start all over from scratch and it's not always the case. It's kind of, you know, that repurposing as you talked about, and it was just, I was just reading something, um, and it's been out probably for a while now about how by 2030 there's going to be a hundred trillion sensors. Um, in the world, and so they were talking about – where I heard this guy talking was about the concept of we're no longer technically ever going to have privacy anymore. And the reason that there's going to be 100 trillion sensors is because we're all demanding. Like it's this catch-22, right? Because yeah, we want privacy, but yet I want to be able to have a data point on my phone for – you know, every single thing that I do, you know, and so right, there's, there's this whole conversation it's about right. as you're talking I'm like, this. I mean, this is this is the world that we're dealing with, whether we're the consumer or, or producer, um, um, you know, in this world of, of sensors and computers and A.I. and, and, and everything else. It's, it's just so fascinating to me.
1: Well, and, and, and what's awesome, I remember several years ago when they were talking about the hundred dollar computer. And at the time, you know, laptops were fifteen hundred bucks. I just started thinking, that's—I don't know how they're going to do that. Now you can buy a Raspberry Pi for thirty-five dollars. <laughs> you can buy a bag of sensors that can detect pretty much anything you want to detect: temperature, infrared, you name it. For twenty dollars, yeah. For seventy-five dollars, I can have more power than NASA had to launch the space <laughs> mission six right. right, and and all that's like on my phone. You know, I mean, I. I've thrown away more technology in the last week than existed. To. That's crazy. <laughs> and so we've got to have our, our 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 schools, and not just the occasional pocket here and there. Our schools, the the, the regular average kid has to be able to. Look at a bag of sensors like that or something and just say to themselves, Yeah, I've, I've, I've interacted with that at some point in my career. I'm not terrified of it. I'm not scared of it. Um, and I'm cool to kind of explore that. And because it could be, uh, especially if it is something that's new and unknown, their boss might go to them and say, Listen, I, I'm not sure exactly what this thing does. I need you to kind of open, figure it out for me and then design a, a solution around that. Right. And so you've got kids that are sort of had that kind of experience in the classroom where they're using technologies in an open-ended way, project-based, problem-based, to to ultimately, you know, I think you and I agree on this one, technology isn't about technology. Technology is about people, right? right. It is – at some point or another, you're helping people do something. The technology is just the medium through which you do that. Absolutely. And so that's why those that, – that's why the the CS and the computer science – And I want to just dabble one thing. So we when I say computer science and when you say it um, – I think what we mean is computer science, and there's a series of related com- degrees in college, computer information systems. So when I say computer science, I mean sort of that collective body of right. degrees like that, right. Um, right. And so and so that's part of the problem with with um, computer science is it does have 30 years of baggage associated with it. And so when we talk about computers, I always tell my students, I said, um, you might not want to major in computer science. You know, so let me help you find your major. But <laughs> right. I know you want to go down this route, right? And so that that's an important thing to do. As we sort of get more and more prominent, we've got to make sure that, that lingo and that language does sync up Absolutely. because it, it's important as well. It so is. yeah,
0: it is. Yeah. So you were talking about how schools need to embrace this and, and bring this stuff happen. So so what are some examples or things that you've done? Because I think anybody listening in would go, I don't disagree agree, agree with yeah. this Doug guy. Like yeah, I mean I would love to have. Projects. I would love to have kids solving these real world problems because that's what we're told, you know, eighty million times a day, and everything we read, and <laughs> emails, and by our, our, you know, our administrators and whatnot. And so, so what have been some some projects? And I know you've got a, you've got a long laundry list of stuff because yeah. I've been following you online, and we've had lots of conversation. We get we get a chance to meet, um, but as some people are sitting there trying to wrap their head around what this looks like. Um, what are some things that you've done that maybe sure. can, can, can spark some ideas for some sure. listening in?
1: Well, so, so our, our pro- early on when we first designed our program. We, were, we went after the hardcore techies, right? I, because it just seemed like that's the logical thing to do. And we quickly realized we were missing most of the people, right? Cause, because the hardcore techies, they're going to do this stuff whether I show up at school or not, right? And they're awesome. And they're the ones who help me push the envelope. They're the ones who I can get a new box in the mail. And I can say, hey, guys, hey, girls, open that bad boy up and put it to work, <laughs> right? And that's those kids, and they love it. And so, but it's really that it, it's, it's the idea of having – I call them the regular kids, just the kids who ne- who haven't necessarily thought of computer science as something that they might be interested in or how it could help them. Or maybe they had a bad definition of it. Maybe they took a keyboarding class in fourth grade and they were told that was computer science or or something like that. So um, for us, the, the first year of computer science has been just as a recruitment tool. Hey, guys. Hey, girls. I don't know what you know and I don't know what your background is. And so I just want you to have a good experience of, of what – of of some examples of computer science in some different ways. You may not like all of them. So what we do to to give you, for some teachers out there who say, what what would this look like? So what we do, because I know that they need a good broad sampling, kind of like a a survey course sort of. So we do uh, game design. And there's a lot of people out there who, who, who subscribe to that idea of gaming in the classroom or gamification or whatever. And there's so much energy and excitement and research to back it up around games. So it's one tool you have, not just in computer science, in any area that gets the kids really involved and engaged. Who doesn't want to make a game? Right. Right? Um, and I love because we're big on recruiting girls to our program. Um, research suggests that girls actually play more games than boys do. Yeah. So that kind of helps. And we, um, we, we have a lot of open-ended. So I pretty much I have the kids pick sort of a, a topic in the world. Maybe something that's important for them. One of the kids' um, families owned a farm, and they were cutting down a bunch of trees. And so he wanted to make a game, but not, not, not like a pack game, more like an interactive experience around the topic of deforestation. And um, so they use it to sort of communicate their ideas where your challenges and tasks and feedback you get are related to their beliefs about that. And so one girl uh, had, had had an experience with anorexia in her family, and so she made a game about anorexia. Oh, wow. And, first proposed it, I was like, yeah, that's not really something we make games about. She's like, Mr. Bergman, this is real for me, okay? This isn't, yeah, so I know, and it was awesome. The, the feedback in the game, the, the main character of the game um, looked very feeble in the very beginning, and through the game, you, you, you were challenged to do things that were in a healthy manner, and as you did these things, you the, the character filled out into a healthy-looking girl, oh. gradually, subtly, and I was like, wow, that's, that's where games come in well, and wow. so for, and plus, in order to do that, I know they got to learn how to program with computer science, and there's a ton of languages out there. We use one called Python, but that's, that's my hook. 90% of my kids love that. We spend half the semester doing that, and um, lots of open-ended – I grill the kids on the proposal for their project so that it's something they believe in, they're passionate about. Um, and then they just spend some time exploring that because it's not easy for someone who especially hasn't done it before. So we give right. them the time – and I don't have a test on Friday and um, we have regular check-ins but really I don't need them because the kids are so excited to do it so for me for someone out there who doesn't really know what they might do what this looks like that has been huge so we do that and we do some robotics um, I just want the kids having a, a chance to interact with, like you mentioned the sensors before, and a robot is just that. It's a bunch of sensors and motors, things that move around. They might fly in the sky. They might roll on the ground. They might clean your carpet. They might serve you soup at a restaurant. I mean, they might they might help your military transport um, baggage of their soul. I mean, who knows what they are, but I want the kids to have a, an experience programming directly into a device that has the ability to detect its surroundings, one of the um, – We have robots, and we actually call it the autonomous vehicle section of class, and so they're all Google car challenges. And so I went and bought some heaters, uh, some little plug-in heaters, and I said, hey, guys, if you're doing a Google car, your car might overheat in the middle of the parking lot, so we have a project that's going to have you detect the heat around it and then have the car spin around and – blare alarm signals to communicate that it's doing that. Kids love it. They're over oh, in the corner. I love it. You got this little heater. I'm, I'm hoping I'm not violating any kind of like <laughs> building codes here, but I got a heater and the kids were over there. Hey, Ms. Verbin, look at the temperature. It's, it's reading this temperature. And I'm like, okay, but think about what you just said. You just picked up a device and you looked on the screen and it was telling you how much the air around it was changing in temperature. Think about that, right? That's crazy. I mean, yeah, it, it is. It, it used to take like a you know, a, a kitchen size full of <laughs> computing device to do that. Now I do it in the corner of my classroom. So I want them that that experience, um, and then I just believe in knowing the guts. And so we, uh, I, I get a bunch of old computers, we rip them apart, we rebuild them, we put them together, we study the insides of it because I want the kids to know what that lingo is. So we do that, um, and we do some app design. Um, just to kind of give them some, I give them all a tablet. We just make a simple app. Yes. Kids love that. I make them make an app related to either a physical disability, a learning disability, an emotional disability, any kind of disability. They have to make an app to sort of help that community do something differently than they may not have been able to do before. And what I've found on that one as well is a, a lot of these kids have connections with that in some way or another. And so some of the um, some of the apps they make are just mind blowing you know, and, and they're not, earth, yeah, they're, they're not earth shatteringly professional, but that's not important at this age. I just want them to show, to show them, Hey, you took an idea. I gave you a set of tools that you didn't know how to use before. And then two or three weeks later, you had a product, which I was extremely proud of. You were extremely proud of, and you did it yourself It was yeah. your idea, not my idea. And you made it happen. I pushed you pretty good on it. So it probably came out a little better than you thought it was going to. I mean, dude, that's that's the goal. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we do with our interclass. Um, Just to and I'll, I'll wrap up with some of the more advanced stuff, You know, once you recruit them, um, then you can throw the hard stuff at them, right? And so once I get them, it's, it's kind of like fishing. I, I set the hook. And I just start <laughs> reeling in. And you can see it. I'm like, I got this girl. I got this guy. And at that point, I can say, man, this is going to be hard. It's going to take us three weeks to figure out. They're like, I don't care. That's right, cool. I just love right. this stuff. We Bring do a pretty cool core- I'm a big believer in website design, both front-end and back-ends. So we do a lot of that. Um, and then we, do, we, we explore a variety of things. We do some Xbox game design. We partnered up with Stanford um, for a computer science for social causes. We'll be working with breast cancer and the refugee crisis um, through a program they've initiated, so we're going to pilot that in a couple months. I'm really excited about that. We will do some leap motion stuff, which is the ability for the computer to detect your hands in really accuracy, because who knows where that could go. Um, And I just got a headset with Microsoft with their mixed reality series, which is just amazing to go along with. I know you have a HoloLens as well. So, that virtual reality, augmented reality is a world which no one knows what it is, but it is. It's coming. (laughs) It will change the world as we know it when it hits and it is coming right so i want one because if that's the case and i claim to have an innovative program we need to be doing that and so we do that we do some um some uh apple iphone swift app development and then we do some drone programming and actually you helped me design that program and that has turned out just wonderfully so that's what we do and and what but what's cool is so someone's sitting out there saying dude i'm barely even here you're talking about drones you know the disconnect is so far i'm like the only reason I do those things I just talked about because those were interesting for me. Right. They were passions. I, I, I love my robots. If someone else could come in and say, I want to do some of the same things you're doing, but not with those same technologies. I'm like, that's cool. There, there are so many technologies out there. So if the things I just said, none of those really spark your interest. But if, if I sat down with someone, I said, you tell me the of things you're excited about. I can help you fill in where the CS fits in that. If you're right. willing to just take a chance and get your administration and your parents and your students to kind of, hey, we're making this new class, this club, it's whatever. Uh, we just want to get started. All you got to have, so- you don't need an expert. You just need someone who says, hey, I'm in. I- I'll give it a shot. Kids don't care if you're an expert or not because they're going to figure it out themselves anyway. Right. right. Anyway. And you know, I mean, I I am very much not the expert in the room with some of the kids in our class, especially with like cybersecurity stuff. So it doesn't take. People need not be fearful of that. Um, you need to be fearful of the fact that you yourself might get hooked because <laughs> it's awesome. And the energy around that is addicting. And so you may find yourself, I mean, uh, my best mm. hire, my last two hires were history teachers. Mm. And they're my two best computer science hires I've had in 15 years. So think about that. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be, now those those people happen to be excited about technology. but um, So you don't, so someone out there looking at Maybe doing something like this, you don't have to be an expert. You can just – if you just want to dive in. There's enough YouTube videos and help people out there and, and people like you or me who are willing to offer some advice. Just be willing to do it yeah. and then just get out of the way because I love it. the kids going to
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's such pivotal – pivotal advice for someone listening in or trying to dabble in this because I think it, it can be overwhelming. And I think, you know, two things that, that come out, I, I love that idea of finding what you're excited about, finding out what you want to dive into, I think is, is so important because, like... The one thing you didn't talk about, like, Doug. Doug, when you t- when you talk, I'm getting like so jacked up. You have so much passion, and, and <laughs> you're, you're you're so engaged in your in in your materials and the projects and your kids and your class. Like that's what we need. It doesn't yeah. matter that if I if I have drones or not. If I'm bringing that energy to my classroom and the kids feel that, then their energy rises. And you'll I just think it, it's just natural that over time you'll find yourself. Building drones or or whatever that you know, like it just it just naturally evolves and so I think yep. w- when you're listening like I'm just getting like excited like I'm like, gosh I wanna I'm gonna I gotta come to, come hang out in this class like yes. so I think that's important for anyone listening like find what you're excited about because that changes the culture of the learning and it'll right. just naturally gr- gr- you know grow from there and I, I think that that is that's that's so key I think because this can be a very overwhelming um, field especially there's more and more teachers getting pushed into yeah. programs going you're now in charge of STEM, good luck and yeah, figure I'm it out. That. You know that is there's 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 a lot of that going on because every school yep. feels like they need to have this, this STEM program. Um, so because you have so much passion and excitement, I'm really actually excited to ask you this question. Here is so what's your what's your wild wow project of the moment right now? So you you just talked about a lot of things, and I know yeah. you, I mean what's your 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 wild wow, like right now that that Doug is just going crazy over. Yep. It? So, uh,
1: and, and, and literally, I was just on the phone with Microsoft, one of, the, one of their team of their mixed reality division, because um, their Microsoft, uh, I love, is at the forefront of this right now, and they've partnered with Acer and HP and Lenovo and some really good partners, and so I'm, I've got their Acer unit, and it's a beta version, so Windows, I have to download like a special version of Windows just to plug the thing into my computer, so it's really at that level of sort of testing. It should be out this fall for for sort of the general public to start to use. But um, it, with the, the the there is a buzz around artificial reality. I think that the new the word is now you have augmented reality, and then you have mixed. You have all these versions of <laughs> we call reality, but <laughs> right. it's not reality. Um, but you know the the opposite. But the bringing together of all that and. Um, So I bought one in a pre-release. It came the other day, and it took me literally four days to just turn it on, and I had to buy a brand-new computer. Now, we've got a grant that funded this stuff, which, by the way, people out there, if money is an issue, there's so many grants out there you can look into that that people love to support this. And so we got a grant to fund a lot of these toys that I have, and so – because I've got a kid already. Who, who just at my school the other day, who I told him I had this, and so we, we spend one semester in our junior year with using Microsoft Connect, which I love. And so I got like 30 connects in our closet, and the kids write programs that use their body to control the motion of, of the program. And so uh, this kid said, Mr. Bergman, that new thing you got, that Acer thing, he said, would you be cool if I, if I did my project using that instead of the Kinect? And I was, and I was like, well, I said, Grant, I said, I don't even have the thing working yet, dude. I said, I, but you know, I can't, I, can't offer you any advice, and da, da da da. And I said, so you know, maybe. Kid comes in two days later. He spent three days researching, talked to two people in the industry, talked to his brother, who's a CS guy in college. Came back, and he already had his project defined, you know. <laughs> and I told him I didn't even have a way to plug it in yet, and the kid's got his project. So I'm like, man, yeah. So, so that's the energy around this kind of thing. I do want. Um, in some way or another, I don't. My, my problem is I don't know what I'm going to give up to get this in there. But once I kind of worked through the kinks of the system, this is what I did with Connect Two. Once I broke through the hard part and and digested it enough to be able to say, okay, this is where this can fit with the kind of kids that I've got and the kind of projects I want to do with this. And so I, I need to get it to that level. Um, and so it's fascinating now because I have no idea what I'm doing, none. But. Um, I've made some great resources um, both online and in person, and there's some good books out there. And um, because the buzz is out there, there's not that many people doing it right now. So anyone who is sort of knows about each other, and so right. we have this little right. group. And, and that, that's so helpful because I, I don't have any answers right now. I have a, a few questions. Um, and, um, and so that's sort of what I'm excited about, uh, but it, it, I'm a year away from whatever that is. I'll have a kid doing a project with it. And because uh, it's not easy right now, and that's a that's part of the problem with being innovative in ways like this. Is the the, the ease of use factor hasn't been built in right, right. now. It's just seemed to work, and so um, we got to get there. And so, um, I, I want to be part of helping for that. And uh, I'm, I'm excited uh, that a I have a program which will fund toys like this, um, and they're not ridiculous priced. I paid a couple of hundred bucks for it, so it's not unreasonable to get it. Um, and you know if we got to a point where I could buy 10 for a classroom that's a couple thousand dollars which for some schools which would not even be realistic but for some schools that believed in it said you know what we we can find a thousand dollars thousand dollars if you're willing to explore this we can find that um, and, and and make this happen because our kids would be distinguished in ways that other schools can't do right now Absolutely. which gives them a leg up in career gives them a leg up you know in the college admissions process and so there's i think there's win-win for us that's sort of the project that i'm excited about right now that's awesome yeah
0: that's good that's good well hey uh, last question i have before we jump into yep. the uh the, the speed round here and um so you've talked about all these amazing things and if anyone's not Completely jacked up to go go explore some of these. I, I think they they need to go like wake up a little bit. But what's been one of like like the greatest learning um, moments that you've had that where you were the learner from from your yeah. students? Because I think it's important as you know we talk about this a lot. Of it, you know it is it is teachers or educators talking about this. But I always think it's fascinating. Like as you explore and you're being innovative and you kind of maybe it's just what you talked about already. But has there been that moment where a kid said something or or done something or created something? And you're like. And I'm sure you've got a ton of these examples, yeah. but you know, maybe share one of those where you just like this is this just gets me fired up every day.
1: So, I mean, I, 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 as soon as you said that, I thought of two examples. One of them was when I first got going in Kinect. All right, and so the, for those you who don't know, the Kinect is a camera. It's a webcam basically, and it's got infrared, a series of cameras on it that work together to detect human being skeletons in front of it. So it allows, and then you can use, you can you can get the coordinates of all the joints on the body and you can use that in, so it's real, true 3D interaction because you have an X and a Y and a Z and you can detect motion and gesture and position and use that to control. You know, uh, for, for pro- you might have a, a, an injury rehabilitation program where doctor says, yeah, stand in this position and lift your leg three times to stretch your knee and the computer can detect if you're doing it and it can count for you. It can tell you if you're cheating or not. So, when we first got going on this one, I, I, I was so proud because I had gone into the real world. I went to a trainer, a professional physical trainer, and um, told them about the technology and said, I want you to come in and teach the kids about the exercises you do for injury rehabilitation. And the kids are going to all write a program and try to do what you just said. Yeah. You know, Lister, okay, I was so excited about this. And I walked in. She did a presentation, awesome presentation. I was so excited, pat myself in the back because I brought the real world into my classroom. It was a real project, <laughs> solving real needs. And so we did all that. I showed the kids how the software works, and then um, they started working on their projects. And 15 minutes into it, every single kid was doing another project different than what I had said. Everyone. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, guys, but you're not. Remember, you're supposed to be doing the, help, you know, you're supposed to be. Remember what Laura, you know." And they were like, "Miss Berman, I, I, I got this idea, and I got this idea." And so that's when it occurred to me that. Not just project-based learning, but projects that they care about. So I went from giving them a project. You know, I'm a guy. I was 40 years old at the time. Okay, so if you're a 16-year-old girl, imagine what she's thinking, right? I created this project based on my own perceptions. What is this girl? Right. So, so, so I quickly learned right then, and, and so what I did was when I realized that I said, "Hey guys, stop for a moment. Everything I told you." Scrap it. Do what you're doing right now, you know. And I just learned right there: a, be willing to adjust on the fly, but b, those kids are are, are not afraid to explore and figure it out, and they will see things you don't see, right, even when my right. idea was a good one. So, so that's where you know. Don't let school and my own. I could have held firm and made them do the <laughs> right. So just get out of the way of the kids. um And so another one was. um We do a – in the sophomore year for the final exam, the kids bring their parents in, and they lead their parents through an entire project in whatever technology we're doing. And the the student is not allowed to touch a keyboard or a mouse. They have to walk their parents through the whole thing. And I started out with um, them spending a week before that making like a tutorial video for the parents. Um, and then that night they would come in. They would go through the video tutorial with the kids standing next to them and kind of work through the project. The student would help them through it. You know, the the idea of explaining something and teaching something in addition to just doing it. So I was really proud about that project. Was great the first couple of years we did it. And then one kid came in and there was mom and dad. There was a the kid. And he said, Mr. Bergman, my video is not working. And I'm like, Yeah, you have to figure that out. I mean, right. <laughs> parents are here. The <laughs> thing, I mean. I, it, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. And I'm sort of thinking, what are we going to do? This is the kid's final exam. His parents are right here. And I didn't know what to do. And he said, Mr. Burbank, let me just teach it directly to him. And I was like, oh, God, you know, oh, right, I mean, right, you right. don't know how that's going to turn, you know. I, I, and he did it. It was amazing. So amazing that 30 minutes into it, I made the conscious decision from now on. Everyone does it live. You know, just right there on the spot, and so um, you know, I could have held firm and just, but I. And so now we do that same project, and it's one of the highlights of the year. I love that because it gives the kids a chance to shine about something really hard. Parents are proud. Looks good on the school. Looks good on the kids. Um, and it happened because of failure of technology. Right, right. I got the, one of the best things I've done because of that failure. <laughs> and so, um, so that those are two examples I think where I just. You know, I think me getting out of the way um, and just embracing the technology in whatever way, good, bad, and ugly sometimes, but in the end, if you're open-ended and you, you, know, you make lemonade out of the lemons and you, 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 you listen to what's going on around you, you see the reaction to your kids and you respond to that and be willing to change, and I'm in private school and it's just me so I can make those changes on the fly – But I think that's a crucial element. Even in a public school where you might have a bunch of people in your department, they need that flexibility with technology because, you know, this technology rarely does what you want it to do exactly. Right. Um, And so you need that flexibility to explore and you need that ability to fail, you know, even publicly, as long as you're willing to learn from that. And I think sort of I I was. And because of that, um, it, it, it worked out well. And so um, you know, and, and I see miniature examples of that kind of thing happening every day in class. And so, that's awesome. anyway, those are two good examples I can think of.
0: Yeah, I know they're fantastic. I think those are, those are just a fantastic reminder for us to get out of the way. Sometimes, sometimes the biggest roadblock to, to kids truly learning, you know, are, are the adults. And so, I think no matter what we teach, no matter what grade level, that's just a good reminder sometimes just to, to let them go a little bit, you know, and just see what could be. And I think that's you know, us for for us to be as I always. I always love it like will Richardson always said it's time for us to be master learners as opposed to master teachers you know and, and yeah. we, have to, we have to embrace that
1: but it's hard to do I mean you want to jump in you want to help you want to steer them you want to say that's not the best way to do it and you have to train yourself to not do that and not everyone's good at that some right. people very used to you know if you know when we went to school very much so it was the teacher at the front of the room leading that charge and I'm like, look, this is not my information. This is information that's out there in the world. I'm just the medium through which you're getting the information, so I can't claim to be the keeper of the knowledge. I, you know, I'm, a, you know, I, I, I'm the pass-through, right? And so uh, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, and and I'm, I'm excited now because kids are two days away from coming here, um, and I'll be spending this afternoon after we finish up here and tomorrow kind of getting my project ready for class. And Because um, I'm going to – you know, within 10 minutes of all my classes – um, I'm not going to be talking about rules and regulations and policies. I'm going to be having them doing something.
0: That's, you that's know? great. I can
1: talk about rules and regulations later on, but I don't have many anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, let's jump yeah. into to, to the speed round here. I want to make sure yes, I'm re- respectful of your time here. So these are just yep. some questions I ask everyone uh, just kind of – get our gears turned here as we kind of bring things to a close and so uh, the first question that I have is um, what are you reading right now what's something that you've read currently that 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 would be worthwhile for for some of us to uh, go out and check out and and explore
1: well uh, I have a big book of time travel science fiction that uh, I am in the middle. It's like 800 pages long, and I'm not an 800 page kind of a book guy. But I was at the bookstore, I ran across it, and I, I I'm I'm not a fantasy sci-fi guy. I'm a edge of science sci-fi guy, and that's what this stuff is. Oh, awesome. So.
0: Awesome. That's yep. great. I, it, I, I always love that question because I have yet to get any answer that's even remotely in the same ballpark what people are reading. And I just think that's it's so fascinating yeah. that, you know, that we keep pushing our horizons. Um, yep. What's what, what's one person that everyone listening should go check out and follow to expand their learning and their network?
1: Uh, well, I would say you. But uh, if not you, Don Wetrick. Is doing some crazy, amazing things with not necessarily technology. All the technology is a piece of what he's doing. He is all about innovation, non-traditional education, um, taking your ideas, bringing them to to the real world in a variety of ways, and he does that. Better than anyone in the country, if not the planet right now. And so uh, he's got a couple books out, I think, and he's got a, a pod, he, He's doing everything. Yeah, he so is. Be a he, great, is. <laughs> he would be a great person for people to check out just for ideas.
0: Right, absolutely. Yep. Um, next one here. What is your spirit animal?
1: <laughs> um, squirrel squirrel <laughs> because i actually had i was at- i actually went through an indian naming ceremony where i actually did get a spirit animal oh wow and it is a squirrel <laughs> so that's real and there but I-, I just can't tell you why the squirrel right. i can't tell you my full real name i can just tell you that it's a squirrel
0: yeah gotcha <laughs> uh and the last one there are there any final thoughts or last nuggets of wisdom that you want to share that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about in the in, in the conversation
1: well, just that. Um, I, I'm always looking for people that think out of the box, that, that are doing some really cool things, especially in the computer science world. And so anyone out there who's either interested in getting started or is already doing something like I'm doing, I, I, I like interacting with both. I love to help people and get started, but I also crave other – I, I want to learn too, and I would love for someone out there to hear what I've been talking about and say, yeah – I remember when I was at your point, dude. Since then, I've done this, and that's the guy or the girl that I want to talk to as well. So just that, reach out, find me in whatever I'm all I'm all over the place. Find me in whatever way you can find me, and let's connect and um and let's let's do something together. Let's learn from each other. Let's share something. Let's let's do something.
0: I love it. I love it. And so, uh, Doug, I can't thank you enough for your time. And, yep. and for those listening in, I'll make sure we get in the show notes, all the contact information cool. where, where you, you can find Doug and all the references yep. that he talked about today. Um, and there's your challenge to reach out to Doug and share and connect and learn and grow along with everybody else that, that we've kind of talked about today. So, uh, Doug, your, your your passion is contagious, and I can't thank you enough for taking time to talk with us. If, if, if that doesn't get you excited, jump out of bed and go teach. Nothing <laughs> else is going fair. to. So uh, thank you I so much it. for your time. Sounds good. hope you enjoyed that episode with Doug Berman. I hope you were able to feel his energy and excitement and passion for teaching and learning. And we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you thought about the podcast, um, ideas that you have, other project thoughts and concepts, further questions. You can go to coffeeforthebrain.com podcast. Leave us a question, a thought, idea that we can bring to the table in our upcoming podcast as we keep these conversations going and and working to keep this podcast live and interactive. And as always, we hope that you would like and subscribe to the podcast. That keeps it going. We're small. We're a little. So any little bit of attention that we can get would be greatly appreciated. All right, guys. Go forth and be awesome.